Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up everybody? Welcome or welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. It's the OPP, baby. It's the OPP. Oh man, this is a great episode and I'm really excited to bring it to you because this is really core biohacking, core personal optimization that's customized to you and the guest today is really insightful and uh, there's a lot of really cool injury prevention stuff that uh, that we share in this episode. But before we jump in, I want to say thank you to one of our sponsors, Inside Tracker. So I did an Inside Tracker blood draw. I went in, I went into a lab, I got my blood drawn, and I sent it in. And what they do is they run your blood through a system of labs and algorithms to come up with an internal age. So this is actually how old are you on the inside? So I'm 38. But I am sad to say, sorry to say, that my inner age was 47.2 because of a couple of biomarkers that really need work. Uh, My HDL, my TIBC, my glucose, my creatine kinase. These levels that they found through this blood work were off and I was prematurely aging. It also gave me optimized biomarkers, things that that I was doing really well. But when you use the service from Inside Tracker, you can go to insidetracker.com forward slash optimal and get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Inside Tracker gives you the ability to take charge of your life, your health, and your wellness. It gives you a clear picture of what your body looks like on the inside, and it gives you a measure of what your diet and exercise choices are, which are helping you and which are hurting you. It also gives you an idea of who or what to trust when it comes to health wellness, performance, and guidance. And this app, the Inside Tracker app, which now is combined with my Fitbit, I usually don't do wearables, but I've combined my Fitbit with Inside Tracker so that I'm getting actual real-time metrics through this app that will help me make better choices. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging and genetics and biometric data from MIT, Tufts, and Harvard. I mean, this is the cream of the crop when it comes to platforms like this. This is not stuff your your doctor can do or will do. This is true biohacking using actual data and metrics over time to make major changes. It's ultra personalized, it's science-backed, it's optimized, it's not normal, and it combines DNA, blood, and fitness tracking. You know, you can link in your 23andMe data to get an even richer data set to uh, navigate towards your goals. Uh, and you can track your progress. I mean, this is this is the future of medicine. This is the pu- future of performance. It's actually not medicine. It's just it's performance based. This is before you need medicine. This is preventative uh, optimization, and I love it. So again, go to insidetracker.com forward slash optimal, and you'll get twenty five percent off if you are focused on your fitness in any real way. You've got to get on this. So again, insidetracker.com forward slash optimal. On today's episode, we're joined by Robbie Stahl, who is the co-founder of The Fitness Doctor. You can go to thefitnessdoctor.com. He's also the co-host of The Ultimate You podcast, uh, a podcast which I have appeared on and, and really enjoyed. And on today's episode, we're diving into customized virtual training. So the fitness uh, personal training p- paradigm has totally shifted, right? I mean, 
gyms are gyms are closed or distance or whatever. Nobody likes working out with a mask on. And what Robbie has created is a virtual way of really assessing where you're at biomechanically and then optimizing a fitness regimen for you, just for you, based on the different things, old injuries, uh, deteriorations, energy levels. And uh, I think that this is really fascinating because I have not heard of someone that does this quite as uh, technically and quite as thoroughly as Robbie does. In this episode, we talk about uh, exercise not actually building your body. It's all about recovery. We talk about exercise in, in, in a way that's directly aligned with the way that the creator made you. You are a body. You go through this stuff. What is the best way for you to exercise no matter how old you are or what your experience is with fitness? We talk about what the biomechanics optimization system actually is, how he does what he does and what his team does in order to figure out what is the best way for you to exercise. Uh, he starts with a head-to-toe biomechanics analysis. You know, if your body is not moving correctly, if you have, if you're out of alignment or you're compensating for one reason or another, he gets to the heart of that really quickly, and then makes an adjustment right then and there, and puts together a program for you that's uh, that's that's specific for you. We talk about common training approaches that are damaging to the body. How do people get injured? Right. Robbie's experience comes from training bodybuilders and getting people ready to show at at bodybuilding competitions. He works with a bunch of celebrities. He works with a bunch of um, you know bigwigs, and and from that place, really figured out how to narrow down and customize uh, exercise protocols uh, to 10x your results. And I ask him like, how do you do that? How you know you say that you're going to 10x results? How do you do that? So we break that down. We also talk about how terrible personal trainers are. There's just so many. Of course, there's good ones out there, but there are just so many underqualified people who lead uh, exercisers into a path of injury, and uh, we really blow the lid off on that one. This is a really great episode. It's packed with information and also has some injury prevention stuff as well, You know, common mistakes that people make when they're, when they're training. So uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Robbie Stahl. And we're here with Robbie Stahl. He's the founder of The Fitness Doctor and also the creator of the Biomechanical Optimization System. Robbie, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Pleasure to be here, brother. I know that you've done a ton of things and, and you've really grown your uh, your service and I know it to be really unique. And, and so I definitely want to get into the nuts and bolts of, of how your system works, but um, your specialty, your specialization now is, is really sort of like virtual, like remote training, like helping people get their body back, uh, when they can't come into the gym or can't come into a clinic or see somebody like yourself in person. So, um, I guess just give us sort of like a, a sort of encapsulation without getting too much into the detail. Cause I want to unpack that a little bit as to what it is that you actually do for people. What service do you pro- provide, uh, as, uh, as the fitness doctor? What we do at The Fitness Doctor is we help you exercise in such a way that's ideally aligned with the way your creator made you. And what that means is just like you know, listening to this show, you can have artificial food and you can have artificial lots of things. You know, listening to Sean's show, you probably know like having a bunch of electricity right by your bedside and all these kind of things are bad. It creates an artificial environment. Having too much light at 10 p.m. is bad for you. Also, 
exercise works the same way. People exercise in such a way that it's kind of artificial. The stuff that Frank Zane and Arnold Schwarzenegger made up to look freaky in the mirror is not the most functional, is not in line with the way your body is supposed to function. Neither is much of the other exercise stuff that marketers are trying to jam down your throat. And so if what is optimal is taking ideally how the body should function and then exercising based on that function and then getting all the kind of results, fat loss, mm-hmm. muscle, all this kind from that. So function ideally in line with your body. And we can get deeper into yeah. that. Yeah. And, and one of the sort of hallmarks of this this podcast is the understanding that each of us needs something different. And each of us needs something different based on the different phases of our lives. And and from day to day, based on the level of stress that we're experiencing or inflammation, how much sleep we're getting. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to dig into this with you because I think what you've created is something that it's, it's truly unique and, and it's not anything that I've ever heard before. Um, but at the fundamental level, the fact is you're doing something that is specific to each person. It's not, Hey, you know, go do this program, go do this video. It's going to work for you no matter what. Uh, so I, I'm excited to dig in some of the details. Um, l- let's dig into, cause I know that this is, that this is, this is impressive and new, um, explain to us how the biomechanical optimization system works sure so our so let's make it very specific to you the listener but before we get to that let me just spend 30 seconds on this and that is the way our process works is we do a head-to-toe biomechanical analysis of every client so we're looking at what your deficiencies are first because we're all walking around and lifting and whatever we're doing in terms of our chosen physical activity. We're all, we all have some level of deficiency. That can mean simple things like your hamstrings are too tight. So it pulls on the back of your pelvis, which then misaligns your back, which then puts your back at risk of protruding discs and all of these other types of things. When you go and work out, you're more likely to have damage to your body. Big thing that happens with athletes, their knee kind of falls towards the inside. This is the number one reason for athletes to have ACL tears. Their knee turns, moves towards the inside. And so this is a deficiency that then causes ACL tears or degeneration in people who aren't athletes because they're not doing explosive enough movement to cause an immediate thing like an ACL tear, but their knee does degenerate over time. So those are some of the examples of what a mechanical deficiency are. And there's many, many, there's hundreds of them, okay? And so what we do is there's actually 180 of them that we specifically identified. And what we do is we look for which one of those dif- mechanical deficiencies you have before you start an exercise system with us. Mm-hmm. So instead of just going to a trainer and be like, yeah, you should do squats because squats are the best thing. And like, they're really going to build your leg. And you need a, if you're a girl, you need to isolate your butt muscles. And you know, if you're a guy, you want to really build the shoulders. So kind of forcing into that what we do is we say, well, how is your body mechanically functioning? What is it missing? And basically what we do is we're psychic. We literally become psychic because the reason why I say that is we figure out how you're going to get injured before you ever get injured. Or we figure out that little plaguing thing that keeps nagging you in your neck, your back, your shoulder, whatever. We figure out what that is before 
it happens and we figure out before it becomes worse and also we figure that out for you so that it stops being that way. So that's the evaluation. Now if we get into like, well, what is biomechanical optimization? What does the exercise system consist of? I think one of the best examples, because here's the difficult part, and we, we could spend like the next rest of the week on this podcast going through, but I think I might bore some people with the science. So let's make this as fun and interesting as connecting as possible, and I'll give you a couple amazing examples here like, oh, I got it, right? So here, here's the thing. Here's a perfect example of biomechanical optimization. Your upper body is designed in such a way that your shoulder blade or scapula is the only bone in the body that doesn't connect to another bone. Hmm. It's the only bone in your body that doesn't connect bone to bone. And so it connects bone to soft tissue, right? If you look at the shoulder blade of any human, they're floating in kind of the back area. Well, if the tissues that connect to that, that draw the scapula back and down are not very strong and strong compared to the tissue like the chest and front side of the shoulder, then what will happen is that bone will get, become completely displaced and then that displacement of that bone will cause shoulder damage, which is the reason why 50% of men over the age of 50 have a torn rotator cuff. And regardless of your age or health, the most easily injured joint in the body is the shoulder because it has huge ranges of motion and it's the only bone in the body that doesn't connect bone to bone. And so what, is the, what, what should you be taking from that? Well, if your bone connects to a bone, there's two solid surfaces connecting. Well, in this case, the bone connects to soft surfaces that are like motors. Your muscles are like motors inside. And if you don't have good motor control of that shoulder blade or scapula, you, it leads you to a lot of shoulder dysfunction. So what we do instead of going like, yeah, you want to get your chest bigger and like, oh, it's all about bench press and like the way you look, we're like, well, how specifically is your scapula aligned in your body and what muscles that attach to that, how are they firing? Are, do they have optimal strength? Do they have optimal ability? So we optimize that, and then we build all the other muscles that want to make you that make you look like a mag. You should be on a magazine cover. We build it around that. Mm. So we're we're approaching it from the functional standpoint first. Yeah, yeah. That that that's obviously important, right? Because when we when you perform at even a decent level, even if you're not a particularly active person. Um, and you're getting into, you know, um, a better physique, you want to become stronger and healthier um, so you can live longer and have a happier life and pick your up, pick up your groceries out of the trunk and, you know, um, you know, pick up, grab a can of soup or something out of a, out of the, out of the cupboards, you know, talking really practically is if you have deficiencies in your body, your body is naturally going to compensate somewhere else to, to make good on that. So if you have something going wrong in your top left shoulder, then there's probably something else that's compensating for it on the right side to even that out. My, my question is, is how is it that you're able to do that sort of analysis for people remotely, like without them being in front of you and seeing how their posture is and seeing how they stand, look, walk, like walk me through that, that sort of intake process for, for really sort of diagnosing what people are dealing with. Sure. The way we're able to do that virtually is, um, first having done that for many years, not virtually in person and, and our, all of our experts having a really solid idea of, of how this, how people, how humans should be moving. So they have a trained eye. 
So really, it's our trained eye and level of knowledge of our experts that helps us do that. And that's really the number. But how, how do we practically, how specifically do we do that? So what we do, let's again talk about uh, the upper body. So in terms of the upper body, we're, we're doing different motion and strength tests. So they're at home typically, and they would have something as simple as a band attached to a doorway. Mm. Okay, and now there's all these fasteners that you can attach like a fastener to a door and then you attach an elastic band to that. And now you have resistance training at home for like different pulling exercises, right, which is typically the thing that's missed at home is things like rows and pull downs. So what we do is we isolate scapular motion, for example, and see, are you able to after we show you what to do? virtually in in virtual setting right we're in our gym and the clients typically at home how are they able to control how well do they control the scapula where we want them to control that scapula too and depending on where their scapular shoulder blade goes to it's telling us that different muscles are stronger than other muscles and the other thing we do is we have 11 different mobility tests and we can literally on the screen um, use a goniometric, in other words, like angle, instead of using a technical word, angle measurements of how far they're able to bring their right ear to the right shoulder and their left ear to their left shoulder. And we can see if they're compensating or they're turning their body. Mm. We can see that they're compensating. We look at that with all the hip motions and back motions and shoulder motions and we put them in different positions through verbal coaching on on the meeting mm -hmm. and then we're able to analyze that through analysis tools we have digitally on, on our side and measure all these joint angles and everything and then what we have is a software that's totally proprietary to our business and we enter the data and then we have an algorithm that automatically computes and tell us where the common deficiencies are in our client. And then we use those deficiencies to then use solutions for fixing the deficiencies. And that's the way their exercise mm. gets customized. One quick announcement from one of our sponsors and then right back into the episode. This episode of the OPP is brought to you by Belcampo. Belcampo are the pioneers of sustainable, carbon-negative, grass-fed, grass-finished, high-quality meat delivered directly to your door. Their farm is in the shadows of Mount Shasta, and their animals are grown really slowly. And what that does is it makes their meat more nutrient-dense, higher in omegas, and higher quality in nutrients for your body. In fact, the grass-fed beef, grass-finished beef, from Belcampo has the same nutrient density as game meat. Just wrap your brain around that. It's such high quality. It's delivered right to your door. It's delicious. And of course, they have an amazing offer. If you go to belcampo.com forward slash optimal performance or just use optimal performance as a coupon code at the end of your purchase and receive 20% off your first online purchase. So stock up. Their ground beef for burgers are going to be the best burgers you've ever had. And I just found recently that they're actually offering hot dogs. So if you have plans for Memorial Day or into the summer and you're grilling a lot this this uh, this summertime, get some hot dogs and get some ground beef. Also, I they just added uh, beef hearts and also beef livers. And we all know from the episodes that we've done with carnivore guys like Paul Saladino and Sean Baker, you know, came up with Rob Wolf, that you need to be eating organ meat. It's really, really good for you. It's high in nutrients and uh, now Belcampo offers it It's and, and it's especially affordable. The meat that you choose to eat really does shape the body that you have and the way that you think. It really does fuel your body and so you should use Belcampo. 
They deliver it right to your door and 20% off. I mean, come on. So go to belcampo.com forward slash optimal performance and get 20% off and thank me later. Okay, right back to the episode. <laughs> in this in uh, in this podcast, I've had guests that absolutely bash personal trainers, like crush them, like it's da- it's dangerous. They're not qualified. They're not engaged with you. They don't really care whether or not you get more fit or not. In fact, they're better off if you spend most of your training sessions talking about the masked singer rather than actually working out because then they're going to have to do more working out and the results are terrible. So we've, we've covered this sort of progression, especially with uh, Dr. John Jaquish. who's the creator of the X3 system. He just skewers personal trainers and he wrote a book, um, you know, talking about just how, uh, most people in, in the personal training industry just don't know what they're doing and it's dangerous for people. So for, for, so to, to hear your, uh, your process, which is, Hey, slow down. (laughs) First things first, where are you lacking before we build, before we grow, before we increase mobility, let's figure out what's going on. And it makes sense to me. If someone is not able to go into their gym, someone's not able to, to, they don't have the right equipment at their house. They they don't really know where to start. They know that they want to get more fit and, and improve their physique and their mobility, but they, don't have a specialist well talking to you and your team and talk and and like watching on video saying okay well you can tell you know really talented people i'm sure who are working with you are like okay i can see that the angle here is off and what that's doing is it's pinching this and it's doing this i just think that's great because that that is something that is really needed now for people especially since so many of us are sitting so long every single day um Tell me a little bit about how you transitioned from the the previous iteration of this business, which uh, I assume, as you mentioned, like included in person, um, to uh, to a virtual platform. Uh, was was it was it COVID, and you're like, okay, now it's really time to make this thing happen? Or was it always in the, was it in your mind you were going to be switching to a sort of a virtual training system? Walk me through that process. The big thing that actually took us from that to Figuring this out is our clients typically are. I mean, we've worked with all ages. We have we have professional athletes. We have Olympic level athletes. We have professional fighters. We have professional hockey players. We have super elite human beings. But our number one, in terms of majority client, are people over the age of fifty, uh, average Jane and Joe clients who oftentimes are financially successful to be able to afford what we do, which now we also have other uh, more economical options, but our clients are typically financially successful, over the age of 50, already physically active at some degree, even if they're doing a walking program. And so how many of those people are within a 10 mile square radius of our gym? Not that many. And so who wants to drive 30 minutes or more to go to a gym three, four days a week to work with your expert. Yeah, they do it. Yeah, we've had many clients, but it's 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 very different. So that presents a problem in business. And so what we do is so unique and then our population is so unique that it presents an issue. So we thought about, wanted to for many years, move into a virtual setting and do what we do. And so once COVID hit, we're like, oh, we're out, sold out of all of our gym position and completely immediately moved out of the gym, was like, oh, that's exactly what we needed to move forward. So it's something that we were working on and headed towards, 
But once COVID hit, it took us completely towards the virtual setting. Um, and so now what happens is now we can serve the entire uh, English speaking and Portuguese speaking, by the way, world is we have both uh, we have Bra some Brazilian team members as well. So so we serve the whole English and Brazilian speaking world now with 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 what we do. And and what we've done is now we have all of these more economical offshoots for different categories. So like for our youth athletes, we have agility programs. We have muscle gain programs. We're even coming up with some very unique, interesting, very fun stuff for, for single guys to train with extremely hot, beautiful Brazilian trainers and physical therapists through our Brazilian model, which is totally unique. That's a whole other story. But like we're looking to add more fun and stuff because the thing about training with the trainer online, in addition to all this science stuff that we're talking about here, is it needs to be fun. Yeah, so like, yeah. and, and by the way, your your past guest expert uh, that that has the training system, I agree. Uh, most trainers, the thing is to become a trainer, you actually don't even need to be certified. There's no there's no legal requirement to have any kind of background or education. And all of our ex all of our experts are either masters or doctorate level professionals, but the training industry is full of people who got a certification over a weekend, and they're pushing people through extreme mechanical stress on their body. So mm -hmm. yeah, it is super super. Most fitness training is super dangerous, and that's the reason why eighty seven percent of people who exercise get injured exercising because yeah regardless of if they're with the trainer or not, because oftentimes the trainer helps them get injured because they push them so far. So, so yeah, I completely, uh, we're really also kind of the anti-personal trainer, uh, personal trainers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes, a, it makes a, a ton of, a ton of sense, but, um, so, yeah. Well, t tell me a little bit about your background, because for those of you watching on YouTube, they can see, uh, they can see your physique. They can see that you, I mean, you look like a UFC fighter. You've got the shoulders for it, got the chest for it. You got the buzz cut, you know, you obviously wrestled for a while or did some combat sports. So, um, yeah. you know, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a connection between the Brazilian, like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and so forth. But I'm really curious, like what, what is your, what's your, uh, what's your expert level uh, and how did you, how did you first, like, were you a personal trainer for a long, long time before you developed these, these unique approaches to, uh, to performance? That is an awesome question. And yeah, and, and I've, I've done my share of the wrong way as we all have, you know, look, if you're listening to this podcast, no matter what you're an expert in, go back 10 years, 20 years, however time you have to go back and please tell me if you were doing things perfectly in the beginning. So let me raise my hand and say, hi, I'm Robbie Stahl. And in the beginning of my training career, I did things wrong. So yeah. So let's, let's start there. And, and then let's add to that. When did I start? So my, my beginning in fitness was actually at the age of eight years old. I had this very strong plastic box of um, tools for kids to build different stuff with. I took all that stuff out, went and got river rocks in the backyard, put it into that box and would start figuring out all these different ways to, to lift this thing. <laughs> right? So that's, that's really where it started. I fast forward. I read my first college level exercise science textbook at 12 years old. I went to school. I will actually, I would constantly study in the library, even though I was not the best student and I would fail some classes 
throughout high school. I failed a couple. I would be in the library studying. Like, who's in the library studying but failing a class as a teenager? And that was me because I'm studying physiology and endocrinology and biology. This is just always a huge passion. Went to school to be a physical therapist, got out, decided that, you know, I really wanted what, what I wanted to focus on was fitness. My first huge technical involvement in fitness was actually producing stage bodybuilders hmm. of both men and women. And so I became an elite expert at, okay, you want to work, look, today's April 6th and you want to look perfect on June 10th. Well, I became a super elite expert at that. And in the process of forcing people's bodies to look like a magazine cover on X date, that's really where I learned all the things that we do wrong in exercise because that's the ideal result that everyone wants. But let me tell you that there's a lot of damage that comes with that. And so I learned what all that damage was and seeing other elite trainers in that space doing to people. And so, yeah, I became amazing. I used to love to take people who – have like zero muscle, zero physique whatsoever or excess body fat and turn them into a physical specimen in X amount of time. And I love that because of seeing the transformation. And that's really where this whole biomechanical optimization thing came from because what happened was is I'm like, okay, not only my clients but every other trainer in the gym's clients, the more fit they get, the more different types of injuries and such and breakdown they get like there has to be a better way this isn't fitness this is well plus people when they're that focused in themselves and their body other things happen like divorce and that type of stuff because they're so self-absorbed so it's a really crappy place uh to actually be to focus on your body in that level so i got a huge life lesson and i hope to share that life lesson with with everyone else listening because it, that's not what fitness is about. Fitness is about taking care of your temple, you feeling absolutely amazing because of the physical function you have and then being able to help and spread that to others and being the best individual you can be so you can bring that energy and share the greatness you have inside of you through whatever it is that you're best at or you care about the most, whether it's art or cars or mechanics or fitness or accounting, it doesn't matter. Like, but for you to be the best, you need to you need to also be physically the best, which then also helps you be mentally the best. And you know, it became that. And the reason why I became so strongly sold on and why I've spent like fifteen thousand hours developing the system we have is because I saw what the other way does, and the masses are doing the other way. So I would strongly invite people to learn a better, more um, self and life and universal optimizing way of being fit and taking care of yourself hmm. what's the most common um what's a what's a what's an exercise myth that that most people are doing that they don't know isn't working for them like what uh what's another way to ask that what 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 sort of like um sort of generally understood principles of fitness are people screwing themselves over with yeah great question Excellent question. Thank you. Let's Thank talk you. about two big ones, and, and then if we, we can explore more if you want to dive into others. But two big ones. Uh, women do this also, but especially guys. When guys start thinking, I'm going to get fit, what do they do? What's on the thing? Lift heavy. Yeah, or they do push-ups. Yes, sure. both. both. Yeah. Saying lifting heavy is another 
a whole other story also, but one of the big things they do is push-ups, right? How guys get injured from wanting to just do push-ups so often because especially like time of COVID, they, they don't have a gym. So like when you're at your house, like I was referring to earlier about bands and the attachment to the doorway and all that stuff. Well, the, when you do just push-ups, you're strengthening. Remember we talked about scap? You're strengthening the front side of your muscles. You're making your upper body totally imbalanced. Mm. You can see your chest in the mirror. So you become interested in your chest because you're thinking about improving the way you look, right? But it's not about look. It's about function. And remember, form follows function. So if you make yourself awesome functionally, you will also look awesome if you first go funk, right? So the big myth doing push-ups, like push-ups needs to be a mainstay of my program. I can do 50 or 75 or whatever, or I want to do 50 or 70. Look, just give up on that idea and start doing rows and pull-downs and strengthening your back muscles mm. because your back, your lower and upper, but in this case, we're talking about upper back, your upper back, which means primarily rows and pull-downs and pulling type of exercises are much more important than push pushing exercises such as push-ups awesome oh that's really great well and also too i mean how many of us spend a long period of each each day lurched over with our head down looking at a screen looking at the phone looking at a laptop looking at the television like there's this there's this like folding forward you know the people talk about tech neck because their just neck is just going down looking at their tech all the time totally makes sense like you can't see your back but buddy buddy it's you're you're <laughs> it's not working back there bro you're you're totally lopsided i i just i think that's great okay what else so another big one is um squats right so anybody who's like really wants to get into lifting they think like oh i'm gonna do a squat and usually they think i'm gonna do a barbell squat so a lot of these like trendy fitness centers have helped get away from that. That's one good thing that they've helped do because there's usually not a squat rack at a place like Orange Theory. They don't have a squat rack. This is not where they're set up. But most gyms, of course, have a squat rack. It's not that squats are bad for you and it's not that barbell squats are bad for you. But it is that the way you're doing, and most people, not you, Sean, but listeners and in, in the mass of humans, okay, are doing squats is not correct. And even if you knew how to do it correct, your body is probably not set up to handle that load. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me explain. One of the big problems of doing a back squat, putting a barbell on your back and then using it for load, added load for a squat is actually the shoulders. So most people don't have much more than 90 degrees of external rotation of their shoulder, so their ability to rotate their arm backwards, right? And how far do you have to rotate your arm backwards to hold on to a barbell with both arms mm. behind your head? And so what happens is the humeral head or simply the top of your arm bone, I'm gonna use really simple terms, the top of your arm bone starts jutting out of the joint and it causes tears around the tissue that encase your shoulder joint. And this is called a slap tear. And this is a common tear that people have in their shoulders because of doing these types of exercises. Mm. Trying to put a bar. And then if you don't have that much range of motion to hold a barbell behind your back, <clears throat> it's changing the alignment of your back and forcing your spine into misalignment 
So you have load on your back, forcing yourself into misalignment, and then doing an exercise going to high fatigue, which then causes you to make other mechanical misalignments, which then cause damage in other parts of your body. So like, mm-hmm. like a, ba- a back squat is basically a shit show. <laughs> That's okay to say in your yeah, show. Good. <laughs> so uh, a back squat is basically a shit show for most most people. Unless you're just kind of a biomechanically optimized specimen, which most people are not. So, so when somebody, so when somebody comes to you, uh, and I'm just trying to wrap my brain around this process a little bit more, is like when you are doing the intake and you're saying, okay, what sort of exercises are you doing now? And you meet somebody and they're like, well, I'm doing a thousand push-ups a day. I'm doing. Uh, uh, I go to the gym and I do, you know, uh, three sets of thirty back squats. And you're saying, okay, you're getting sort of getting a picture of, of their activity and how they how they work out, and then you have them do that sort of you know that that rotational test. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see like this the hand going up and, and behind you. Then are you able to sort of like get a picture like, oh, well, I see that you're make you're creating this sort of slap tear happening in your shoulder, and then then that begins the process of of even more discovery for what they're doing wrong and how that's affecting their posture and their physique. Is that, I mean, is that, is that fair? Yeah. 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 That's fair. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we do our mechanical analysis and then we'll be like, Oh, well you only have 89 degrees of external rotation on your right side and you need to have 97 to do a back squat and not have a shoulder issue. So you have, you know, you're eight degrees deficient of where you need to be. So all of that is going to be made up at your shoulder joint. And I see you're doing a bunch of back. That's the way we look sure. at it. Yeah. For where are you at mechanically and then what kind of exercise you're doing? Oh, you have these deficiencies. So that means the exercise you're doing are, is causing this type of damage. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep going. Tell us, tell us a few more things that people are screwing up. Um, is, is like um, repetitive motion a problem if you're like a super runner, super cyclist? I just sort of throwing that in there because I know that, that that's a, that's especially for listeners of this, this podcast who are type a folks that are, they're typically pretty active, um, is, is what other, what other sort of things are people screwing up and also is repetitive motion a big deal for people? Yeah. Repetitive motion is a huge deal for people and the best way, the huge breakthrough that you're going to have right now for understanding how much load and volume and exercise exposure you should put on your body is realize that from head to toe, your body does not have the same amount of adaptation. And so what I mean by that is like, let's say you're a person who's used to doing a ton of abs, like a bunch of crunches and you're just great at it and you do setups and you do all kinds of stuff. So your abs are really strong, right? And, but your calves, you don't do that much running and you don't do that much hiking. So your calves just aren't used to, and your whole lower backside of your lower leg is not used to doing that much activity. So if you go out and you try to like, oh, your friends invite you to do some activity over the weekend, right? And you're trying to keep up with those who are doing a bunch of activity that requires that part of the body and you blow out your Achilles tendon, well, there's, or you have a calf strain, a much lesser issue muscle strain, like you tear your calf, which is not good either. Well, why is because you're trying to do like way more than you should do, or you get shin splints all of a sudden, which is an imbalance between the muscle on the back side of your lower leg and the front side. And so that is an issue. So 
really what I'm getting at specifically, the specific takeaway and simple takeaway is realize that each part of your body is only used to doing X amount of activity. So think about what is that X amount of activity for you? If you run, then your legs are used to running. How much do you run? Well, I run three miles a week. Okay, then your legs are used to running three miles a week. How, how much do you run at a time? Oh, I run one mile at a time, three days a week. Okay, so your legs and your body's used to running one mile at a time, three days a week. So if you put all three miles in one day, how much more overload is that? Mm-hmm. That's an extra 200% overload. Mm-hmm. And so, so here's the takeaway. Is what the solution is, is you should over, only overload your body 10% per week, right? So mm-hmm. if you're... If you're used to running one mile at a time, then what do you do next week if you want to increase? 1.1. Exactly. Exactly. And if you put all three miles on one day, that's not that's that's a totally different overload. And so what so what most people don't realize is like think about that, think about that for your lower back, right? Lower back pain, 80% of people have lower back pain. So this applies to many, many, many people. So okay, lower back pain. If you have lower back pain, how much load and stress is your lower back used to doing? And let's say it's not much at all. You just start an exercise program or maybe you've been exercising for a while, but you don't do a ton of lower back strengthening stuff. Well, if you go out and try to like, hit that new program that you just bought, you might end up in excess of five, six, eight hundred percent more overload on your lower back. So it's absolutely killing you. There's a reason for that. And so now now we have to think about, and this is the huge breakthrough, only overload 10% of the time, but here's the problem, Sean, is that people, all people, most people, they have biomechanical deficits. So now your body's misaligned and you're doing excess overload. So now we're going to multiply. Mm. Now we're going to multiply because you have to multiply the misalignment stress times the overload stress. So now you can be in excess of a thousand percent excess stress when you're only supposed to be ten percent. So, you know, that's really the, the overuse injuries happen. Number one, because of misalignments, and then number two, because of actual overuse. It's yeah. usually misalignment first, and then actual overuse second. We either either you've been there before, or you know somebody that has decided, hey, all right, I'm going to get in shape. Uh, you know, we're here in uh, the beginning of April for pe- all the people that started the, uh, you know, the had uh, New Year's resolutions. Um, <laughs> uh, you say, okay, I'm going to get fit now. I'm going to start. And then you say, cool, I'm going to push it really hard. I'm going to go from fairly complacent, sitting a lot, not eating very good, but I'm going to really get out there and I'm going to get after it. And then I'm going to push myself too hard. And then you get injured. And then that injury not only sets you back, but then it makes it even harder for you to recover to get back to the, the the baseline that you were at. I mean, how frequently? I mean, that must be how frequently does that happen for you and your clients? Oh, basically never. We don't we don't really no, have no. I mean, people that come to you, like how oh, how, oh, how often oh. do you hear that story? Yeah, well, everyone. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, right? Yeah, basically, basically, everyone. You know, everyone. So, you know, here's the thing. Like, I'm a type A personality driven entrepreneur as well. And so, like, we, we're all prone to doing stupid stuff. So I never hurt myself working out. But, like, I've hurt myself in sport because I'm doing aggressive stuff like submission wrestling and MMA fighting and jujitsu. So, like, you know, I've, I've 
you know, for example, I'm dealing with a recent surgery right now. It's funny because we spent the last however long talking about all this stuff. And no, I didn't get hurt doing a back squat or anything whatsoever in the gym, but I did tear my chest muscle off of my arm bone by fighting with a 300 pound opponent, right? And so there's no biomechanical optimization or preparation in the world that's going to prepare me for having my arm outstretched and a guy rolling over my arm. Right. But the cool part is, is now there's things I can do to now overcome that and deal with my injury and move forward optimally. And the same thing I'm teaching here is the same thing I'm going to do. I'm going to do 10% overload, starting from a very remedial level of just mobility into strength exercises and I, in, you know, in six months from now, which is how long the rehab is, I'll be amazing again on that part of my body. But yeah, everybody deals. But the, here's the sad part is most people do not maybe that extreme of an injury, but they injure themselves and they cause damage to their body in their exercise. And your exercise is not a competition. Mm. It's not a sport. And when we turn exercise into a competition, then things that happen in sport happen from your exercise uh -huh. so like so you know i'll leave certain companies out in certain methods of training because i really don't like to bash people because it's not about what someone created it's just about what we're doing mechanically to the body but you know if you turn your exercise into a sport and make it a competition you are asking for huge levels of risk the type of thing you see in the nfl from impact injuries because you are doing an impactful type of exercise the same as the NFL is. So if that's the kind of thing you'd like to expose you to, then just know what you're getting into. But if that's not what you want to do, then don't, don't choose that path of exercise. Think mechanically optimized first and then, then build yourself from there. And by the way, so all these systems that we're talking about now, we have, we're building many economical platforms to, to cater to a large population and you can find that at the fitness doctor.com uh, so the fitness doctor.com you can find all that stuff there you can also you can also i'm going to invite any of your listeners if you want to just reach out to me personally you have something that's plaguing you or you want to improve you can text me i'll give you my actual cell phone number mm -hmm. and that's 602-434-4248 602-434-4248 and the thing is is we're all in different places and we all need different things. And that's what makes some of this stuff so complicated and difficult is, is what are you going through personally and what do you want to achieve and where have you come from? And it just depends on every person, but the right way to do it is the intelligent approach. Don't make exercise a competition. And, and, and the way to get there is to take care of your body first and then the performance and the looks and all that stuff will come. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Well, he just gave you your, his cell phone number. So if you're if you're curious about getting better, you got something that's that's bothering you, and you or you want to make you know some changes, some improvements. Text text Robbie. He just gave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Bold move. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the video, uh, the the video that that lives on your homepage, um, you talk about ten uh, x results, and uh, and walk us through how. Explain to us the math how how people can get 10x results because I think that 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 I mean that is a pretty like chin dropping figure to say like okay I I'm I've been working out I've seen <clears throat> some improvements how are you going to go from a little bit of improvement to 10x it like what how does that work Yeah, that's a great question. 
So the way you 10x your body results is instead of just going after muscle gain or fat loss or this type of thing, is you start mechanically optimizing your body as well. So you can improve your your ankle mobility. Maybe your ankle mobility is deficient. So now because your ankle mobility improves, you can improve you know, four, five, six, seven extra degrees of ankle mobility, whereas before that was causing mechanical problem in your lower body. Maybe it's causing knee pain, foot pain, ankle pain. And instead of being like developing a bunion, so instead of having negative results, now you're going to create positive results because your foot can move the way it's intended to move. So we went from causing a damaging, a negative result to an ideally optimal result, which then we can then build performance and strength and appearance and all those things. So uh, almost everybody is going to be faced with you know, mechanical damage of their body at some point. And so if we can remove the mechanical damage completely from the equation mm. and we can turn that into a positive result and we start going head to toe and thinking about, oh, optimizing here, not a damage, only positive result, not a damage, only positive result. So that means all of those days of your life, you remove the negative result, you feel optimally amazing, you feel better, you function better, you're able to get so much more results and you don't experience that negative result, mm. that for me is 10x results. So right. without giving you boring details and actual math to like, how do we figure out 10x, which I could do, um, but I don't think that's as interesting. So you, you, you literally can get 10 extras and that's how is because exercise comes with negative results and no one talks about that. Let me give you another awesome example, Sean. So what most people don't realize, cause you asked about running and overuse here, here's an amazing, amazing, uh, kind of breakthrough thought. Okay. Factual thought. They did a study on 46,000 people over 20 years, okay, on running, specifically running. And what they found is that up to about 20 miles of running per week, right, not at one time, up per week, what will happen is you'll get decreased uh, morbidity. So so decrease of of things that cause your body to feel breakdown or dysfunction and cause disease states, you're going to get an improvement. But around 20 miles and thereafter, what we see is a decline and a detriment to people's health. So you actually, there's a point, more exercise is not always good. And there is an optimal level for different people. And we could even get into that. Like, how do you know what your optimal level is? But beyond the mechanical stuff, how much exercise should you do? Under 20 miles of running per week, you can build uh, awesome positive results. Around 20 and beyond, you actually start creating you start creating detriment to your health. Such things as atrial fibrillation. That's a big one that shows up. So causing AFib, so irregular heartbeat um, from running too much, right? And so that's uh, that's huge. And so if you're not at 20 miles a week right now, if you're running three, I did not just tell you to go from three to 20. Remember what I told you is to go 10% per week improvement. That's how you would get upwards of 20, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you don't just jump to 20. That's also a problem, but, and then over 20, regardless of how you're stair stepping it there also causes an issue. And so, you know, it's best to periodize your training. And that's the other thing we do is you take, like if you're running 18 miles a week now and you want to increase it, 
you want to do some kind of running competition, then you can go upwards of like 30, but over only brief periods of time and you stair step it over, up there over a period and you have back off weeks. You should never just going more, 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 more exercise. This is really a, a bad plan. You have to go forward just like you do in any other area of life and then back off, go forward and then back off. And so the most you should be increasing your exercise at a time in terms of weeks is like three weeks. And if you are a physical specimen and you've been in elite condition since you're a child, then you can push it five to six weeks of progression at a time. But otherwise, most people are around three weeks where they should increase the amount of exercise or load or anything about their exercise before they should really have a back off week. That doesn't mean they do nothing. And that doesn't mean they sit on the couch all week. That just means they back off by about 40% of what they've been used to. Interesting. Oh, man. I think a lot of people need to hear that. That's probably news to a lot of folks. Yeah, that's the, that's well said. Because uh, it gives people a lot, of, a lot to think about. Because I think everybody's thinking, well, how am I, how am I doing it now? <laughs> how can, right. am, I, am I doing too much? Am I doing not enough? Like, how, what, what are my goals? And I think that that's for a lot of people, like identifying what it is that you're after, right? Like, what do you want, man? Like, miss what, what improvements do you want to make? Do you want to, do you want to lose fat and increase muscle mass? Do you want to look look better naked? Do you want to increase your mobility so you can enjoy yoga better? Do you, do you, do you love mountain biking? You know, um, for folks who have really specific goals, um, do you work with, with specificity on, um, like a runner who wants to have, who has running goals or, um, you know, somebody that, that wants something simple as like just being able to get out of bed in the morning without being sore. Do you customize, uh, their their plan specific to that to that to the goals that they have. Yeah, we we do exactly that, and we have we actually have a physiologist, a doctorate level physiologist, who's also a university professor on our team, and uh, he when we have specific goals like performance goals, clients, our physiologists actually customize. So we have one part of our team that looks at the mechanical aspect, mm. and someone's looking for really high level stuff, and then we have our physiologist create the specificity to their exact goals and where they what's called periodize so they periodize all their training they build up their overloads and then have the undulation or back off weeks and yeah that's exactly we, we do exactly that stuff that's cool you, you call those back off weeks undulation yeah undulation yeah and undulation is so you have progressive overload and then you have undulation week hmm. yeah yeah you got to undulate your exercise as well as progress your exercise Part of getting amazing results is actually timing, is using good placement with your undulations. And, and sometimes, you know, like people that are really pushing it, sometimes, uh, especially business people, maybe they travel. Maybe they travel for business, so now it's so easy just to bring your exercise down 40% because now you just spend half the time in the gym and a lot lighter load and focus on your business stuff, or maybe you go on vacation. So, you know, those things can also create kind of an undulation as well. But yeah, you've got to undulate. That's a huge part of exercise is not just going more and more and more. See, the thing is, is most people think that exercise builds the body. I, that's the way they think. That's the way that most people behave about exercise is they think exercise builds the body. Exercise does not build your body. It absolutely does. It is a stimulus that causes breakdown to your body. You break down your body exercising. It is a fatiguing cell-destroying, 
oxidative process that causes stress to your body. So you better put the right amount of doses, just like taking a drug. You don't want to overdose. Why? And then what does build you up? Sleep builds you up. Proper eating builds you up. Your body comes back and regenerates mm -hmm. from the degeneration that exercise causes, and that's where you recover is in the regeneration. So if you get, become amazing at regenerating your body, especially the older you get, the more fit, the more functional, the more healthy, the better you're going to feel. If all you do is cause degenerate, degeneration through exercise, you will eventually feel like a degenerate. Mm -hmm. You're going feel, to feel completely broken down. So it's, it's not about the breakdown. It's about the recovery. Yeah. That's a really great reminder. You know, everything everything goes back to sleep. You know, eventually, you know, we're talking about neuroplasticity or focus or productivity. Everything always goes back to sleep. Are you recovering effectively? How well are you uh, letting your body rest, recuperate, build muscle? You know, it's, you know, isn't you know lean lean muscle mass is built while you're sleeping? So by God, get your sleep. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to do, this is uh, totally improvised, but we're going to do sort of rapid fire. I'm going to ask you uh, um, for uh, about a couple of different like uh, techniques for re rehabilitation. You tell me whether you're a fan of those or not. So um, do you like the Theraguns, the vibrating uh, Theraguns? Are you a fan of those? When used properly at the end of exercise, yes. Okay. Are you a fan of foam rolling? When used properly at the end of the yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I can see where this is going to go. Uh, okay. Um, I think <laughs> oh, it, you're good. You can ask more. It might not always be my answer. Um, okay. What about, um, um, what about, you know, static stretching uh, after exercise? Yes. Okay. Now, now you filled in the other part for me. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, um, what about the, what about like rolling the bottom of your foot with like a lacrosse ball or one of those like roller balls? Yep, it's it's yep, it's awesome. Okay, it, that can even be a good method actually before exercise if if not done to excess. In other words, a minimal amount depending on the individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah I that that's uh that's yeah that's a sore spot for me. I I had a broken foot that I was rehabbing. I got exosomes, um, stem cell injections and, uh, to, to recuperate some of the soft tissue. And I went a little too hard on the roller on the bottom of my right foot. And it was like, I'd re injured it. And it was like fucked up for like a week for just after I was just sitting there at a friend's house, just sitting there, just rolling my foot around. I just went too hard on it. I was, I was putting too much pressure. How many weeks did you do that after you, you broke your foot, correct? The, the break was a long time ago, years ago. And then the, 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 the exosomes and stem cells were done a couple of years ago. Um, and, but it still, it still bugs me this, this right foot break cause there's, there's scar tissue and stuff like that. And I went for a run with my buddy cause he's into running now. I hate running. I hate running. I can't stand running, but I went for a run with him and I was like, Oh, my feet are a little sore. And he's like, here, take this, like roll this thing out. And, uh, I did it with both feet and uh, I just went too hard on my right foot and it basically like f inflamed it for like a week and a half. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, that's the perfect example tying back to what we were talking about yeah, before. Right. Remember, remember the 10% overload? So that applies to everything. That applies to your foam rolling. That applies to your strength training. That applies to your aerobic conditioning. Yeah, something like rolling your foot with a ball, you can go a little more than 10%. So maybe you're used to zero, right? Or I don't know, rubbing in your shoe or like, right? You kind of think about what level of stimulus is your body used to that's similar to what you're doing. And let's say you come up with, well, probably not more than 90 seconds. Okay, so you probably shouldn't do it maximum more than about two minutes if we really stretch it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. that it, it, it's relative. That's exactly what people do and don't realize it. Like just because that's, you know, what I always say is just because you can doesn't mean you should. So like just because you can roll your ball, your foot that long, you can do it doesn't mean you should. Just because you can go to the gym and do 20 sets of exercise, but you're only really used to five sets of it doesn't mean you should. Just because you can bench 300 pounds, but you're only used to doing 185 doesn't mean you should. Just because you're used to, you know, uh, three miles of exercise. Oh, just because you can run 20 miles doesn't mean you should, because you may only be used to five. Like, honestly, like, for me, that's breakthrough knowledge. Like if I give you over 20 years of wisdom about exercise, remember just because you can doesn't mean you should. Is, yeah. is, that'll help you so much. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Um, regarding your system, uh, I want to make sure that we covered enough of it. We didn't really dive into the algorithm um, too much, but – um, I am curious about it. What, 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 you know, based on your unique system, what, where did I, what question did I not ask that you think would be really useful for people to know? Uh, you started to allude to it. One thing that should be, should, could be mentioned is you started to talk about, uh, like therapeutic recovery modalities and like recovering from injury and how, how best to come back. And like, I think you were starting to try to get in the direction of like how to make your body feel better when they have these type of issues, right? Somewhere in the realm of that. Yeah. And so one great method, as long as you don't have any clotting issues, right? So you don't have any clotting issues, you don't have any blood clotting issues, you don't have high blood pressure, you don't have any other cardiovascular risks, then this method could be for you after you check with your doctor, okay? So is and that's using a method called BFR. So that's blood flow restriction yeah. and a method that's been uh, it's actually very it's actually an old method that's been heavily researched again over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, it started at um, Mississippi University by Jeremy Lowenecki. He's really the modern day pioneer of that. But uh, anyway, BFR training is basically a partial occlusion of blood flow to the working muscles. This is typically applied with some kind of armband or elastic device, and there's many different types. The best ones are ones that you can actually measure the amount of, uh, just like a blood pressure cuff, the amount of uh, pressure that's being applied. Go ahead. We, yeah, we've had uh, Jim Stray Gunderson on from um, Be Strong Training um, awesome. and, and done episode. I'm a huge fan. I, I use that uh, like two or three times a week. I'll do it like when I'm just kind of walking around or I'll, I'll do it in conjunction with lighter reps for the X three bar. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm actually, I've actually another, have another episode of with him recorded cause there was some new research that came out, but yeah. So you're a big fan of it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. BFR is awesome. And it can be used in many, it can be used all the way from the therapeutic modality into the muscle gain modality. So like 
after an injury, if you're not really in the mode of doing physical activity, you can simply just apply the BFR and do no motion. There's actually results um, from that and just partially occluding the area and then keeping it on for like 15 minutes and taking it off. And then there's research to show using very low weight. Um, there's also research to show that if you do that and do try to do your normal regular workout and lift heavy, you're probably going to overtrain. So yeah, just like everything else, just because just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Robbie, everybody. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You stinker. I think us Type A's need to hear that over and over and over and over. And I think it applies to being a workaholic. I think it applies to being a workoutaholic. I think it uh, uh, applies to obsessing over YouTube videos. <laughs> you know, like yeah. just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I think that's a great rule of thumb, you know, guiding principle in life too. Um, well, this is this has been this has been such an eye opening. I really I really appreciate the approach, Robbie, because um, especially in Western culture, especially in the United States, there's this go go go, crush it, crush it, hashtag hustle mentality that uh, screwing a lot of people over. And um, and and as we age, as we get older, uh, it's it's more and more likely that we can become injured and then just set ourselves way far back. And your approach sounds totally unique, and and I've you know I've done a fair bit of research on it. Uh, the testimonials are insane. I mean, you have so many people that are like, "This is the this is the thing. This is what you should be doing. This is how it helped me. Here's where I was before. Here's what it did, and now here's where I am now." Um, can you tell tell us uh, before before I ask the the final question? Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. That's Besides your cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the best place to find me is is one of three places, right? You you pick you pick your your most beneficial point, but one is to find me at my podcast, and that's the ultimate you And again, that's the ultimate you Which very interestingly, and Sean's been on our show, and my co-host is an eighty-year-old gentleman who is a total physical specimen. Not because he's a genetic freak, because he's absolutely not. Number one, because he has the right mindset. And number two, because he's used our system for over 20 years. And so he does things like slalom water ski at, at 80 years old. And he does things like tie his 100,000-pound houseboat to the beach and climb like these rocky mountains and anchor down the 100,000-pound houseboat by himself during rough waters at Lake Powell. Like he does this at 80 years and it's because of and he's it's so cool and he happens to be a professional hall of fame speaker and he's my co-host so a really interesting podcast the ultimate you podcast.com uh, next great place to find would be at thefitnessdoctor.com we talk about our specific mechanical optimization system there and then uh, lastly if you have a specific need you really want to get in touch you'd like to do some of our elite level services you can literally text me directly, and that's 602-434-4248, or you can give me a call uh, directly. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, I, I will speak to the dynamic between you and Joel on the Ultimate You podcast is so cool. It's such a – I mean – I, I didn't realize he was 80. Maybe it came up when I was on, when I was on the, the show, but to have that much energy and enthusiasm and, and presence – 
forget impressive at 80. It's impressive at 30 to have that level of sharpness and and energy and vibration. The guy, he's just super inspiring. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool podcast, and, and the dynamic between the two of you is great. Um, you know, go check that out, and um, and for those of you, keep an eye out for for my episode when it comes out too. Uh, so cool. Yeah, I, I I like what you guys are doing. I know it's gonna, and, and you've got great guests. Tell tell them about some of the guests that you've already had. Besides yeah. <laughs> besides your favorite guest, which of course is me. <laughs> yes, yes, our favorite Sean, of course. Yes, sir. The other guests we've had, not as notable as Sean, are Dr. Oz's sleep doctor, uh, Michael Bruce, which is a clinical psychologist. He's an amazing, amazing sleep expert. We've had James Nestor, which is the author of Breath and new, the new science of, of breathing through your nose and all the fabulous uh, health benefits that you get from that. I know, Sean, you've had James on your podcast. I've been trying. Well. I haven't had him yet. I've been, I've been yeah. working on it. Yeah. You <laughs> beat me to can, it. I'll see if I can get Hook you. Hook me up, man. <laughs> the other, oh, Dr. Trent Nessler, who is one of, is basically a famous PT, one of the leading cutting edge experts, actually has his own course on, on BFR methodology and training. He's a doctor of biomechanics and a doctorate of physical therapy. So he has some amazing stuff on BFR. And he's been a guest of ours. And, and our podcast is, is pretty new. We have some other episodes where Joel and I dive into stuff uh, together. So Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so this is the last question. This is a fill in the blank. This can be based on anything that you know. Everything that you know it doesn't have to be specific to uh, biomechanical optimization or, or anything. It can just kind of be generally. But please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing that just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down on my whiteboard there behind me. <laughs> awesome. Well, Robbie Stahl, this has been such a pleasure. This is such a nice breath of fresh air. Um, this is class. This is like the this is a classic OPP episode. Uh, we're talked about fitness. We talked about the right way to work out, how you should think about um, increasing your load, um, what you should be looking out for, uh, common ways that people sort of screw themselves. Uh, I really encourage and everybody and anybody that's interested. Obviously, Robbie is a very likable guy, uh, very accessible. He's made himself available to you. So um, this was great. I, I really enjoyed this. I'm excited to, to release this for everybody. So uh, Robbie, thanks for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Sean. Greatly appreciate you. And scene. This episode of the OPP is also brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% all natural supplements to help you live optimal. And again, I'll stand by it. My favorite nootropic of all time is Neurofuel. And now they offer it in a drinkable package. It tastes like lemonade, it's tasty, and it helps you focus, it helps you remember. It gives you longer mental stamina. And all of us can just use a little bit more focus power these days because it's so, it's super easy to get distracted. The other product that I love from Natural Stacks is serotonin brain food. When the afternoon comes and it's time to wind down for the day, sometimes, you know, us hard charger type A's focus on fitness, focus on um, being our best. Sometimes it's uh, hard to kind of come down at the end of the day and, and, and begin increase your chill and your, your happy thoughts. And, and so serotonin brain food is a natural way to enhance your brain's own ability to make serotonin. So those, you know, those two are really nicely balanced. And so you can go to naturalstacks.com. 
and you can use the code OPP15 for 15% off, and I really encourage you to try both of those. Okay, everybody, I'm going to release two episodes this week, and so stay tuned because there's more coming, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you for subscribing and sharing these episodes with people in your life that you love because that's the way that this message gets out. All right. Uh, one more reminder, you can see all of the episodes on seanmccormick.com. Now there's a portal there where you can go through, you can see what I do, but also you can listen to um, all the episodes, all the 320 episodes from the archive. Okay, everybody, see you on the internet.